This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run and I'm Philip C. It's the last Wednesday of the last month of the year and as usual, we have The Legal Property Show. Joining me on the show today is Chris Tan from Cher Associates as we have a discussion on what property legislation this new government is expected to introduce in the coming year. Good morning, welcome to the show, Chris Tan. Chris, uh, thanks for taking the time to answer all our legal conundrums. You know, top of mind in everybody, you know, as we end the year is that, you know, 2022 was a really seismic year for us. We have a new government with uh, G15 really unleashing a whole series of manifestos. Before we talk about the agenda of this new government, you know, what were the interesting pledges and promises you heard, you know, during G15, which was just a, a year, a month ago? Right, I think the interesting pledges, if I if I just zoom in on housing alone, right? Mm. I think let's put it this way, it's, it's no, nobody's guess to, to say that no cost of living is something that we need to talk about, yes or not? Okay. IMF is already predicting that next year the world will face what we call the cost of living crisis. That's number one, right? And therefore, everyone seems to say that how do we get more money into our spending, right? So that we can actually afford things that we need, especially uh, to keep the status quo. That's number one, right? On housing, I think it's very interesting to see that there's a lot of promises, especially if you look at all the manifesto and whatnot, right? Uh, what is very interesting to see is that from the Pakatan Harapan Housing Manifesto, which is a little bit interesting compared to the rest, because they talk about things like Mampu Sewa, right? Mm. It's called affordable yeah. renting, mm. right? They talk about transitional housing. They talk about universal design. You know, things like that. Later, I will, if you allow me, I'll go through one by one. What are some of the wording that is picking up there? But these are interesting words. Because from Mampu Mile that we've been hearing from the past three, four government, right? From Prima Housing to Affordable Housing to My Rumah Langoku, Rumah Wilayaku, you know, that kind of thing. To now, we are looking at, you know, Sewa. We are looking at renting, all right? Yeah. So I think renting is something that's interesting. And what I find the most interesting is, Really, this word called tenancy tribunal. No, that's super interesting because that what what you're mentioning here is something really seismic from yeah. Mampu Milik to Mampu Sewa. Yeah. The whole premise that we've always thought about was about home ownership. That yeah. you know, for everybody to prosper, to be prosperous, to be happy, it requires you to own a home. And so you're hearing the language about Mampu Sewa, about renting, right? About creating affordability through rent. So I just wonder then when you look at this unity government then, what property-related legislations do you think they will, you know, repivot in view of this seismic philosophical change, right, from Mampu Milik to Mampu Sewa? Okay, I think that it's very important to understand one thing. Uh, first and foremost, I think we have uh, got it wrong or rather we have insisted on the wrong thing earlier on when we said, you know, this is for housing. Housing doesn't mean ownership. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Housing only means roof over the head. Yes? Mm. And roof over the head doesn't mean that you need to own it. All right? What happened is that because we are a developing country, we love to everyone have their own home and we have a culture of home ownership. We are pleasing and trying to meet the demand and therefore shape our economy, right? And shape even our stakeholder to think about ownership all the time. All right? Think about ownership all the time. And I, I let me give you something that is very, very interesting in relation to Mampu Sewa. Do you know that we have a very successful Mambu Sewa 
regime in the past for urban housing. It's called PPR, mm. Pangsa Puri Rakyat, right? Yep. Those people who actually stay in Pangsa Puri Rakyat is actually renting, right? Although yep. in a very long lease kind of thing, and it can also pass on to the next generation whatsoever. They have their own unique rules, but there's not talking about ownership there. So I'm just highlighting to you is that, you know, the, the new revision is that really let's consider ourselves, right? Let's not fool ourselves that, you know, if affordability now, our cost of living is an issue, it also means that our disposable income is in question. So mm. if our disposable income is in question, you really think that we can have enough money to pay the deposit and own the property? Because that model doesn't run away, right? So that's where it's very interesting then, where you you actually kind of eluding that we have regressed in the past few years by, you know, I think kind of knocking on the wrong door by focusing too much on ownership. And we want to just go back to the basics, right, of just providing proper shelter in that sense. Yep. Um, when you think about legislation or, or rules or the, or the laws that the government needs to pass, right, to help drive this philosophical change, what are the things that you think the government will kind of look at then and focus on? Right, you talk about legislation, right? Remember just now we were talking about this thing called tri- uh, tenancy tribunal. You realize that? Yeah. Right? Just to let you know, if I ask you what kind of tribunal that you know exists in Malaysia, you realize that it's all the fundamental thing. For example, consumer affair tribunal, yes or not? Yeah. Yeah, we talk about the uh, strata management tribunal, the home buyer tribunal, right? These are the tribunal that's in place. Marriage tribunal, fundamental, right? Everything yeah. is fundamental. So while if I am about to tell you tenancy tribunal, does it make you uh, think that renter is a way forward because it become very predominant, yes or not? Yes. And I want to highlight to this. For every time there's an establishment of a tribunal, let's say consumer affair, let's say, you know, a uh, 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 marriage tribunal, and one, there will be one legislation part so that a tribunal can be there to administer the compliance with the Alluding to the fact that there will be a tenancy tribunal is a prophecy that have been uh, propagating since 2010 in the media. It's the fact that we don't have a landlord tenancy act. We have don't have a landlord and tenant act. Yes or not? We don't have a specific act that regulate the whole idea of uh, renting and leasing, right? Regulating the relationship between landlord and tenant. Having alluding to the fact that there is gonna be a tenancy tribunal. I think the legislation we're looking at is a landlord and tenant act. Yeah, that's where it gets very interesting, you know, because there has always been this whole debate about this residential tenancy act, right, which was mooted earlier this year. Yep, yep. What are the what is what is the likelihood of that being passed uh, in this coming administration? Then I think it's very high. A residential tenancy act, right? First of all, most the regulation will only regulate on residential property. I think that's important. Yeah, which means again. Is fundamental enough, right? We are not talking about commercial tenancy. We are talking about a residential means that really for housing. Yep. And number two is that because currently our regime of landlord and tenant or residential tenancy, if you want, put it in that limited scope, is regulated by common law. What do you mean by common law? Any lawyer will tell you common law means case law. There is no specific legislation that put everything together. And because we inherited our legal system from the a British Commonwealth system from mm. our previous colonial master before our independence because our uh, judiciary is actually inheriting all the case law and law from there so that we can continue to develop. The fact that we don't have a Landlord and Tenants Act or the Residential Tenancy Act, for example, in that context, we are effectively adopting a very pro 
tenant regime as a legal legacy of the British Commonwealth system mm. because they have a welfare system. They have a welfare system, right? We don't have. Mm. You understand? Not for example, if I kick you out now, you at least can get some public housing. Yes or not? Right. But right now, if you are a tenant, I kick you out now. Is there a safety net? If there's no safety net, you cannot be too pro the landlord. Yes or not? So I, I guess when I hear you, right, because yeah. the leanings of this coalition is likely to be left in nature. Yes. So it is very high that this Tenancy Act will be put in place. And beyond this, just residential tenancy, Act, can you talk about this tenancy tribunal? I guess there will also be this development of some arbitration centre for property disputes then? Uh, yes, no, not just that. I mean, currently we do have some arbitration centre in relation to uh, housing or property related dispute at this moment, right? We have the Home Buyer Tribunal, for example. The Home Buyer Tribunal is to legislate the uh, contract under HDA, the Housing Development Act, the Schedule G, Schedule H, and all these things, for example. That's already in place. Mm. And we also, under the Strata Management Act, we have the Strata Management Tribunal, talking about the dispute of the management and everything else, default on payment of service charges. Uh, to add to that, we have a Tenancy Tribunal. In relation to that, then we are trying to say that, you know, because we need to regulate to do this. But I'm also foreseeing to... That will happen, uh, or it must happen. Remember, you you mentioned that uh, this is a very pro rakyat government, very leftist in nature, yeah. right? Which means is the welfare is very important. Therefore, I am also speculating this. There could be something of a safety net to be designed first before a proper framework for landlord and tenant to be in place and to be properly regulated. Because I want to ask a question, really, if you can't pay your rent, for example, no matter how you want to prove to it you still can't pay your rent. Yes or not? If you can't pay, you can't pay. So if you can't pay, natural consequence means get out of the premises, right? Natural means that that's the case, right? So if that's the case, what happened to that? I, I'm more concerned about this safety net. I think it's due, yes. We have to respect the investor. People also make good money to do this. But I think if cost of living is a concern and therefore safety net is also a concern. All right, and we're going to take a short break from messages and come back for some more discussion on today's property show. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to the property show on the morning run. I'm Philip C. And with me today is Chris Tan from Cher Associates as we unpack all the expectations this government is expected to do in issuing property legislation. I want to then bring our attention to to the concerns about the cost of construction and development because in the earlier conversation we've had, we talked about safety nets, about yep. how do we make sure that it has some form of affordability or some protection right for the tenant. But there must be some policies that the government shouldn't be in place to perhaps reduce cost of construction or even reduce compliance-related costs, right? What do you think the government will do there then? Okay, I think I think first and foremost, there's a lot of uh, compliance costs, right? That is required to be uh, removed, right? You, if you want to make home ownership affordable, right? This compliance cost must be removed. But this compliance cost is at multiple level: federal, state, and local authority, for example. So I think there is a need for uh, reconciliation between these three levels of government, and for that, they must have a consensus. But I foresee that to be quite hard, you know. Because our federal government, the composition of federal government right now, because we are coalition of coalition right now, yep. right? It's very unique. First time in Malaysia, got a hung parliament. We got a coalition of a coalition right now at the moment. And the state government is, again, not single single party or single coalition. Again, they keep coalition with coalition again. 
The differences could actually mean that there is non-compliance of certain policy, non-consistency again. So mm-hmm. we will probably, I mean, my prediction is, although the intention will be very pro-Rakyat, very leftist, but decision-making will be slow. But the only comfort uh, that I can offer to everyone who is listening in today is this. The fact that we can solve everything in relation to hung parliament in five days and we get a parliament, uh, we get the government form within five days, that's unprecedented, almost one of the fastest in the world. We are maturing our democracy. So I think everyone also understand if the policy is good, if the legislation is good, there could be no objection. Just like the other day in relation to the mini budget, you realize that PN actually said, okay, we are not objecting. So that's very interesting. You you talk and I hear you, you talk about the fact that there will be consensus, there will be some actions. Likely things like the Residential Tenancy Act will probably happen, but issues related to compliance costs will be very challenging. And you already made the point that because property is very complex in because it involves land use and land use is a state matter, yep. the, the complications of between what happens at federal, state and local authority really will just make things very blurred. What do you think will happen at the state level? Do you see any changes happening at the state level, especially in Klang Valley? Because uh, we have a Selangor state government, which has been more aligned now with the federal. Will there be any changes that you will see greater alignment? I would think there will be greater alignment, certainly. Right For all intents and purposes, I think uh, the housing issue is an urbanized issue. Selangor being the most modern state, in Malaysia, right? They have no choice but to pick up the same. And in many ways, Langwa is trying to compete with Ilaya just to see how to balance it up. So I'm just saying that it's an extension of a federal government. I'll put it that way. Number two is also, I want to highlight that actually there is a body that I think perhaps the government should look at it and how to make it more active. Under the constitution, there's actually a body already set up called the National Land Council. What is the National Land Council? Basically, it's a federal institution whereby everyone of the state government sit in and come out with something that everyone can work with and everyone can work at in relation to that. So that's where we do the reconciliation at the National Land Council as part of the constitution anyway, so that this could be consistently applied throughout the year. I think political will is very important. If you say that if you align the current PH-led government with the state government, if they're also leftist in nature or also PH-led in nature, right, very likely they will have things that support each other. Because if they don't support each other, if the success of one doesn't mean the success of another. Do you think then there's political will to remove speculation in the housing market? Because everybody assumes that that's a big problem here in Malaysia. Because of the lack of transparency over the housing market, it's become highly speculative. Do you think there's any will to actually try and create more transparency and remove speculation in the housing market? Okay, I think political view is there. But what I want to highlight very interestingly to all our listeners here is also the market force. The market force at this moment is actually reducing a lot of speculation already. Why do I say that? You realize that right now, unless last time, you know, you see speculation happened is that, you know, the launching price and the subsequent selling price, there's a gap. You buy low, you sell high, right? So they're thinking that you buy during the construction stage, the moment they hand over the key, there's already a margin to make. So you are temporarily coming in as a bridging financier, yes or not? But over the last few years or even the coming few years, you won't see this a lot already because the last time when the launching pie is already covered the premium that they want to offer. So the premium or the profit that you're going to make is going to be lesser and lesser. And what I'm trying to say is that as far as Malaysia 
is moving towards from a developing uh, economy towards a developed com- economy, I would say to you is that that margin of doing speculation is going to be lesser and lesser. The way to move forward and make money now is through yield and not really appreciation. So you, you actually think that there is really little intervention needed because markets are already self-correcting. Is that what you're implying that really government just lets the market drive forces for that to remove yes. inflation across the board, right? Yes, Philip. You know why I also want to highlight to you? Housing development in Malaysia is actually a private sector-driven affair, right? Yeah. So if it's a private sector-driven affair, because there's only very little where the government actually built. So as far as gone, it's a private-driven. So if it's privately-driven, means that it's market-driven, yes? Yeah, and that's why I was going to ask yourself now, you know, putting yourself uh, in the shoe of a property developer, as you uh, said, where this market is very much dominated by the private sector. Yep. And I presume property developers want a small government. They want government not to interfere in many things, right? Let them just do what they need to do. Do you think that's likely to happen with this new government? Do you think, but because if you think that this government is going to be a bit more rakyat friendly, they would legislate more, right, to protect... Would this would be at the at a disadvantage, right, to the property developers? I would say this, all right. Uh, if we agree that they are a little bit leftist, right? For example, the pro Latvia side in, in relation to this policy and whatnot, obviously they are looking at big boy, big big government. They are looking at big brother, yes or not, kind of situation to make sure that the Rakyat are not bullied, the Rakyat are actually having the best benefit and not the private sector, yes or not? Mm-hmm. But also I'm saying to you is that the issue of the market driven force has been there for the last three decades, I think easily, we are already at the point of no return. The only return, like I said, you know, um, uh, is, is actually how to give incentive, I would think. Uh, it's rather from a, the other way package. I would say that how do you do an incentive on an on-demand kind of housing or housing that built according to demand, which means that from the big data that we gather, we probably want to see how do we do a HDB in Malaysia. Pass forward now, we are in December. The pandemic is really far behind, but if you recall throughout MCO, you know, a whole series of legislation was introduced to take into account the pressures faced by developers and project owners. What do you think would be the process of unwinding many of these policy measures that took place throughout the pandemic? Um, I would say, number one, those pandemic uh, stopgap measure, those those kind of act, right? You're talking about the COVID-19 act, for example, in relation to those things, right? Is only applicable or impacted for that six months to a year, whatever thing that is adjusted. So I would say that whatever need to be adjusted already being adjusted because in 2022, it's not covered under that. So already being adjusted, I think the market is going back into normal. And I think the government, I think what I like about the current government in terms of what they do is that they are more willing to listen. If you realize that, you know, uh, 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 even our prime minister before he start to formulate policy, he get all the top civil servants uh, getting their feedback on a Sunday, remember? Right? Yeah. Before even going into this and he understand, he want to know what can be done, what cannot be done. At least the listening is very important. And because of that, I think the developers or housing developer or the relevant stakeholder can actually go and talk to the relevant people in power. The minister, for example, you have to understand, the minister currently, uh, the, the regulating minister that we have is uh, Nga Komin, and you have to realize he's still KPKT, right? Kementerian, right? But the P is no longer Perumahan, but Pembangunan. I think that's important. Huh? It's no longer Perumahan, but Pembangunan. It's a development minister. We don't longer have a housing minister, you know. 
we have a development minister. So therefore, I'm just saying to you is that they are now opening it up to say that we have to look at housing differently. I like the fact that it's removing the housing simply because I think we cannot keep the way we think about housing. A development doesn't mean that about home ownership, yes or not? Yeah. A development could actually talk about, you know, how institutional player can come in and own the entire asset and rent it out. And the bank have to, all the relevant stakeholders, particularly the bank, right? You understand the, the industry that we have today, right? The building industry, the housing industry we have today are very much relying on the bank uh, lending model because the bank like property. The bank give good margin. Mm. If they can do the same on a renter model or in a different model on an institutional ownership, I'm sure housing can be changed. That's all the time for today's property show. Thank you for being on the show, Chris. I'm Philip C. signing off for the morning run. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. The property show on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.